friends and welcome back to the podcast. If you are a new listener, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. My name is Monica Yates. Please make sure that you subscribe to the channel as it does help more people to see the podcast. You know, those fucking things called algorithms. I appreciate when you guys help me beat them. So if you haven't already left a review, uh (laughs) uh-oh, um, my fiance is putting a frame TV up on the wall in my office and some of the pieces of paper that like have things in the right place are falling down. So just going to shoot him a little text. Um, the paper on the wall is falling down for the TV. Um, anyway, jumping back to it. So if you haven't left a review on the podcast, all you need to do to get an exclusive meditation in your inbox that is all about you coming back to your own energy and you not leaking energy to everyone else is you just need to leave a written review, grab a screenshot and send the screenshot to media at monarchyateshealth.com. And then we will send you a meditation for you to be using a lot. Trust me, it's a really good one. Okay. So I'm doing a little series for you guys. And I thought of this series right as I sat down to record this episode. So I already kind of had my notes for this episode, but then I was like, wait, I want to do a whole series so that you guys really understand from my perspective, what it takes to get your dream life. So the first thing that I want you guys to understand is that building your dream life, having your dream life, creating your dream life, whatever the hell you want to call it, there isn't one dream life. I don't want any of you sitting here being like, well, I don't listen to this episode because I don't want the same things that Monica wants. That's not what it's about. Your dream life is your dream life. For some of you, your dream life could be, you know, living in a high rise in a glass box in in New York city and, you know, buying multi-million dollar houses all over the world and traveling heaps, et cetera. For others, it could be, you want to live in a quaint little cottage in buttfuck nowhere in the country and grow your own veggies and ride horses. Like to me, both sound fucking amazing. I'm loving the country vibe as well. So whatever your dream life is, everything that I'm going to share with you guys in the next few episodes is going to help you to create that. It does not matter what your ideal dream life is, but have some kind of idea about it. That's like the obvious thing, right? With manifestation is have some kind of idea about what it is that you want or what you want to feel. Even if you don't know the specifics, that's fine, but maybe you know what you would like to feel in your dream life, which is still a great thing to work on. So in today's episode, I want to talk to you guys about things that could be blocking your manifestation processes. So your manifestation process and just what you want to manifest. So we're really going to be talking about some of the fundamentals of trauma so that you fully can understand, because I'm a big believer in that once you understand something, you then have more empowerment around changing it. You feel like you take yourself out of that victim box or you take yourself out of, I don't know how to fix this box. And you actually are like, oh, I fully understand this. Now I want to go and fix it. Versus sometimes when you're just lost in the abyss of I don't know how to fix this, it's much easier to stay in that comfort zone or in that victimhood of not changing anything because you don't know how to do it. Versus if things are laid out, you have a little bit more of an idea, right? So I'm really going to be helping you to clean up any loose ends, to take out any dirty laundry so that you can ensure that everything that you are doing is helping you to create the life of your dreams, whether it's so that you can be the mother of your dreams, the partner of your dreams. Like you can apply this to every area, but just think about it like this. If you have shit clogging up your space, 
you have less space to be who you would like to be. You have less space to be the parent that you want to be. You have less space to be the partner you want to be. You have less space to have the sex you want to have or go on the dates that you want to go out on or have the career of your dreams, whatever it is. You want to make sure that it just feels good. Put it this way. It just feels good to know that nothing is blocking you from having what you would like to have and being who you would like to be. And so a really big component of my practice and I thought a daily practice because I'm not going to lie to you and say it is because I'd fucking love it to be, but it just isn't right now. But that's probably maybe a goal for it to be, but that I'm also so indifferent about those things and that I'm all about the daily habits, right? Like I, I, I do have daily habits. I've shared that with you guys, but I'm also about sometimes, and depending who you are, you might not appreciate the daily things or like the meditation or the dance parties or the Pilates. If you do it every day, like that just depends on you and it depends on your self-motivation levels. Like I'm very self-motivated and very self-disciplined. So for some people, they have to go to the gym every day because if they stop, then they're not going back. I completely get that. I'm not like that. And I do know that there is a component of when you want something so badly, you're not going to be tempted by being lazy. Like lazy isn't on the fucking agenda, right? So if you love feeling good in your body, not exercising for a week by choice is not on the agenda. Like that would never even be a reality. I haven't let, like, that's just not a reality for me. And so starting off with this point, it's like, what are you even letting be a reality? Is that a reality for you where you could just not go to the gym for a week? So therefore you have to go every day. Then maybe you need to change like your story around that. Maybe you need to change what you're allowing to be your norm or your like own self-expectations. Anyway, I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. Anyway, sorry, point being is... Something that really helps me is, I know this isn't heavily involved in my business anymore, more so back in COVID when I had the time, when I was living in London alone, I really had the time to be doing this and I really love doing it. And I still do love doing it, but I just don't at this point in time do it anymore is I am really clairvoyant and clairaudient. Um, I am very, 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 very intuitive. And I often don't actually give myself enough credit for it of how much I can see and feel and hear. And like, yeah, anyway, it kind of blows my mind. Point being is that a really important habit of mine is clearing out any gunk that is stopping me from taking the next steps in whatever area of life and listening to my intuition in however I need to, so that I can keep taking those big steps in my life. And so to apply this to like an everyday thing, and I don't channel every day, I don't do energy clearing on myself every day, but I have really tried this year and I kind of slipped a little bit as we were like moving and things got crazy, but something that I'm really prioritizing this year is having that time with myself to really listen and to see and to channel so that I am delivering you guys the best content and really tuning into what you guys need, but also just ensuring that I'm not blocking myself from anything because I'm out of touch with myself. And I bring this up because so many of us in our day-to-day lives, we are, you know, consumed by social media. We're consumed by 700 tabs open on our computers. 99% of them, we are not even using, right? And 
this consumption and this um, distraction means that most of us are unconsciously looking outside of ourselves for answers to our prayers, thinking that some outside thing is going to solve the issue, but really like you have all the answers. And this is something that I am really proud of with my work and with my programs and whatnot. It's like, yes, I'm giving you guys so many tools and I'm guiding you through major healing. If you're in Queen Alchemy, if you're a one-on-one client, if you're coming to one of my events, all of those things are guiding you through massive healing processes with the goal and with the result of you being able to listen to yourself more, you knowing your own answers, you hearing yourself again. That's my whole like philosophy is I don't, I'm not trying to feed you the answers because we're all so different. It would not be fair for me to be feeding you the answers because one answer for me could be the, what, like the right answer for me could be the wrong answer for you. Instead, what I am always doing is, and even on these podcast episodes, it's like, listen to yourself. I want you to learn to trust yourself and turn off so much of the noise. For example, I have become really good at unfollowing a lot of Instagram accounts. Like a majority, I would say 90% of the Instagram accounts that I follow are house things, fashion things, and like ski things, quite literally. Um, A lot of house things. Because I don't need the noise to make me question anything. You know, when those, on those days where you're just feeling a little bit like vulnerable and you're like questioning things for fucking no reason, I don't want to then see something that makes me more like question myself more. Anything that I feel is dragging me down, it's like I don't follow the person anymore. Not because they're a bad person, but because I've just gotten so particular with my energy and what I'm allowing into my life. Anyway, that was a tangent, but a few life updates. So number one is my podcast studio is going to be done very soon, which is very, very exciting. So later in the month, maybe, I don't know whether it'll be done this month, but next month, for example, and like definitely the months after and later in the year is um, if you're watching the video versions of the episodes, whether it's on YouTube, whether you're watching them on Spotify, you will see that I am changing up the background because I'll be in my podcast studio, which is so exciting. And then the other update, which is super random, and you actually can't really see it in this light because I've put on my studio lights right now. So everything looks brighter. So my hair looks blonder. I went to the hairdresser's um, like late last year, like right before new year's, my hair is naturally blonde. Um, but my roots are like a dirty blonde. It gets blonder as it goes out. I was like bleach blonde when I was little. And in winter I get very dark. I get a very dirty blonde, but in summer I am bleach blonde. You guys have probably even seen this on my Instagram where like my hair is so fucking blonde in summer and then it's much darker in winter. So anyway, during winter, I like to just get some touch-ups, some highlights, et cetera, just to you know, keep my hair being bright. So I went to this new hairdresser that my fiance loves, etc., which is fantastic. Like this is nothing against her. Everyone has their areas of expertise. And I'm also aware that I have, um, very thick hair and very long hair. And I don't like getting my hair dyed at, like very much. I'll get it dyed like twice a year max. And so when I get it done, it has to be done in a way where it's not streaky because ew, who likes streaky highlights? But then also number two is that it can't look like there's regrowth and this can be done, right? A good hairdresser knows how to do this. Anyway, so I went and got my hair done and it was streaky and I was like, and it was like, there was lines and it was bad. So you couldn't really tell from camera because a lot of it was 
the bad bits were under that first layer of my hair, thank God. So I went back again today and I left a brunette, which was not meant to happen. Um, she was just just cleaned it up and now I'm very brown, not very, very brown. I am on the cusp of a brunette. So that was fun. <laughs> so I need to go to the hairdresser. I need to go to, back to the hairdresser that I initially tried in Aveda Salon, get a senior stylist to be like, okay, fix this situation. And I just put it on my Instagram this morning and so many of you replied being like, oh my God, I feel the pain. Anyway, so in terms of life updates, also I have finished my book. I handed it in today, which is so exciting. So, so, so exciting. Um, and the house is nearly, it was really coming together. I would say the house is like 70% done, which is also very exciting. As my parents were here the last month, I just said to my mom and she'll be on the podcast very soon. Yep. The episode with her will go out. Um, I just want it like, I want as much done as possible this month. I do not care how much spending goes out the door. Like it needs, I, I cannot deal with it anymore. I cannot have like echoey rooms and things waiting. Like let's just get this shit done. Um, so that's been fantastic books been handed in and we're in a really proactive stage of the business, which is exciting. It's so exciting to be having things behind the scenes, um, being done to really get us ahead. And I'll be talking about that a lot more on the podcast. I know you guys are interested in it and I'm really, I really want to share with you how I am setting myself up for success. But when it comes to us wanting to have kids and having time to get married and just having more time and doing less of that nitty gritty and really taking those big leaps of, of faith and of trust, which is scary, even for me, like, you know, paying, paying people, having full salaries and being responsible for somebody's income is a lot. And I have full-time team members, which is exciting. And it's also really scary and we're only going to get more, which is also really exciting. And it's also a leap of faith. So as I'm sharing everything in this episode about, you know, creating your dream life, I want you to know that I'm not just saying this and then not doing it. I have done this for years and I continue to do it. So all of my like trauma has been healed in terms of my major traumas were like attachment issues. I was very anxious avoidant. So I was a very yeah anxious avoidant, um, major daddy issues, huge money issues, massive wounds around the feminine, idolized the masculine, addicted to stress, addicted to the hustle culture. Um, what else? Um, I mean, it manifested as major period issues. Many of you would know um, if you listen to my whole episode, like being told I have endometriosis and then I fixed it um, and I'm completely fine now. Having that really bad ski accident that made me have to learn how to walk again, which I had no idea was going to happen. Like I just thought if I have surgery, then I can walk the next day. And that was, that ski accident was really something that, um, like was life-changing in a good way, um, in a bad, a bad way at the time, but it taught me so much. And I am such a big advocate for healing your trauma, especially like the big things as much as the little things and do it as soon as you can, because fuck having that shit hold you back from the life that you can create. And yes, there are little things that come up. Of course, there are little things that come up, but when you've healed that heavy chunk, you, you feel like you can navigate those little things more easily, or, you know, you feel, and you know, that a quick top-up session with, you know, your healer or your coach or me or whoever your person is, is going to just clear the water for you. You know, you can tell with your intuition 
what it is that you need, what that next step is, what that next course is that is going to help you get that pep in your step or to fix this little area of your life that you're finding a little bit challenging. So think about it like if I clear out the big shit, yes, of course, little things might come up here and there because we're human, but they're not going to feel big. They're not going to be debilitating debilitating, and they're not going to hold you back like things right now might be holding you back. Okay. So let's dive into today's episode. All right. So what is trauma? Trauma is the residual energy that is stuck in your body after a violation, after a dangerous experience, or after you kind of gone into shock, right? You essentially felt unsafe. And as a result, all this energy of unsafety was locked in your body. The essence of trauma is about like disassociation, right? Think about like this overwhelming experience. When you're that overwhelmed, what happens is you split off and you fragment yourself so that all of the emotions, the sounds, the images, the thoughts, and all of the sensations related to the trauma kind of take on a life of their own. They become this own entity that can almost feel like it's controlling you at times. And basically all the sensory memories of the trauma they come into your present life where they're constantly being relived. So you notice these triggers or you notice these physical manifestations or you notice that when you smell this thing, you go back here. Or when you hear a siren, you go into a panic attack or whatever it is, right? So what happens is is when we don't heal that trauma, we're constantly reliving it in little ways. And as long as the trauma is not resolved, that stress hormone, right? So the adrenaline and the cortisol it keeps circulating. And because it keeps circulating through your body, the emotional responses keep getting played like a broken record. So it's this weird thing where, and it sounds scary, but don't worry, we can fix it, where when you don't heal your trauma and it keeps getting triggered, you just keep replaying the trauma and it gets more and more and more stressful in your body. And the stress get like it, the stress manifests more heavily and heavily and heavily over time because you're not fixing it. The brain areas that are affected by the stress response are the amygdala, the hippocampus, and the prefrontal cortex, prefrontal cortex. So in the brain, what trauma looks like is your thinking center is underactivated, right? Have you ever noticed in a moment where you get really emotional or you get really stressed or really traumatized, you feel like you can't think clearly? That's what happens, right? That's the prefrontal cortex. The emotional regulation center, which is the anterior cingulate cortex, that is underactivated. So you can't regulate your emotions. This is especially the case for women. There's been a lot of research and I'm talking about it in my book. I'm not going to go to it and this could be definitely an episode for another time. But it is science that women cannot deal with this much stress. Our nervous system is not able to cope with the same amount of stress as women can. So our emotions rev up, we start crying, we start getting really emotional and we can't contain them. The fear center, which is the amygdala, that is also overactivated. Now, the key thing is, is that when you don't heal your trauma, this fear center that's overactivated, overactivated, which is the amygdala, right? When you keep getting triggered by things, the amygdala keeps firing. And therefore, in situations that say your brother, let's just say, or your boyfriend, would not find fear inducing at all. You could find really fear inducing because your fear receptors become so sensitive to the things around you. 
I want to quickly just jump in, um, little caveat for a second. Some of you said, and I mentioned this in the last episode, but for anyone that didn't listen to that, if you're thinking about joining Queen Alchemy, if you listen to the new About Me episodes and you're like, oh, Queen Alchemy has some older material, please do not stress. Older material is not bad. Everything in there is still 100% valid and it's going to change your fucking life. Queen Alchemy is predominantly live. There is a massive library of pre-recorded content which is a good thing. It means that the sooner that you join Queen Alchemy, because it's open right now, the sooner that you join Queen Alchemy, the sooner that you can get ahead, which I highly recommend, because if you wait till last minute, you may fall behind, especially if you have a busy calendar. If you know you're a busy woman, if you have a lot of work on, if you have a million kids or one kid, it doesn't matter what it is. If you find that you don't have that much time in your day to do extra things you and you know you want to join Queen Alchemy, do not wait till the last minute because you will regret it. Why not join now? And then you have a few weeks to get ahead before we start the live calls. And you can get ahead with the pre-work and all that pre-recorded content so that you can then get more out of the live calls. There are seven live calls. They're all two hours and they're the healing calls, right? So each week of seven weeks is a two-hour live healing call. The first call is also going to be in the Dolomites in Italy. So vibe. Um, I plan that one for you guys. So first call in the Italian Dolomites, which will be beautiful. There are also 14 additional mini trauma calls and you can pick and choose which ones to come to based on your trauma. You can come to all of them. You can come to five of them. You can come to 10 of them, et cetera. And you will get recordings. All the details are on the website, which is please, please, please know that if you are considering joining Queen Alchemy, the sooner that you join, the better. We're already over half full. Well, at the time of this recording, so we could be very over half full. So you need to fill in that form. You go on the website, click the button. You'll be redirected to a form, fill out that form, and then I will get back to you in about three working days um, with any other questions, et cetera, an invoice so that you can join. And then Meg will get you in um, so that you can start binging all of the content. Okay. Now, if you also want to double up on things, you can do Queen Alchemy and the Australia event and they complement each other beautifully. The Australia event, like having that Queen Alchemy content before the Australia event and after, because you have it all forever and after to rely on is so supportive. It also means that you are familiar with me. I know your face, right? Um, And additionally, in Australia, as you would hear from the uh, testimonial videos on the website of the immersion, at the immersion, you can't self-sabotage. You get to go so deep because of all the incredible women around you. And I set up the space, ladies, where you feel safe with all those women. I'm not getting you to fucking cry and scream within three minutes of arriving. So you really do create this safe community with the women there and you feel safe to go all in. So do not worry if right now you're like, I feel petrified of like crying in front of other women or being vulnerable. That's like, that's not the environment where I'm going to let go. I am there to help you. I create an environment where it is the optimal environment to let go and to release. Okay. All right. Stopping back in the amygdala. The amygdala is a very important part of understanding trauma. So it's these two almond shaped structures located in the center of your brain on either side. So it's the part of the brain that takes in information from the outside world, right? And it doesn't matter about um, whether it's true or not. It's going to also go through your lens, right? So it's going to take information about the outside world and it's going to go through that lens of trauma that you have, right? So if you have if you have very sensitive um, uh, fear responses, then it's going to go through that. And then what happens is that information sends a bolt down to the amygdala and up to the frontal lobes. So the amygdala's job is to determine whether the information coming in 
is important for survival. And it will decide this very, very quickly and very automatically, right? You don't get much choice in it. You're not, you're not sitting there being like, oh, amygdala, what should we do together? No. If it senses a threat, it then activates your stress response and it tells your body to respond to that danger. Now it processes the income, uh, sorry, it processes the incoming information faster than the frontal lobes do. So sometimes you might notice that we're responding to a threat before we're even aware of the danger consciously. If you ever have those feelings where you walk into a situation and you start to feel unsafe before you even get there, that's what's happening. Now, if you have trauma, like I was saying before, it increases your brain misinterpreting whether there is a threat coming in or not. So it's been proven that in those children that experience chronic neglect, um, from their parents or from their primary caregiver, the amygdala is actually bigger than in those children that haven't. So what this means then is that those children that have the bigger amygdala because they experience a lot of neglect are more likely to be overreactive to the perceived threats that don't have to be real to the perceived threats and dangers causing them to be basically in a state of like hypervigilance and anxiety. Now, typically the balance between the amygdala and the medial frontal, the medial frontal cortex is cortex is delicate enough that for the majority of people were able to avoid overacting to very harm, harmless stimuli, right? But if you are suffering from PTSD, and remember, PTSD can have a wide range, right? You just you don't have to have been to war to have PTSD. It's any kind of stress response post the traumatic incident. So if you have a constant stress response after that traumatic incident, the balance between your amygdala and the medial prefrontal cortex shifts. And because it shifts, it makes it harder for you to, uh, to control your emotions and your impulses. So if you are relating to this, this might be why you find it very hard to be responsive and you're a very reactive person and you are very, very emotional and dramatic and you jump to the worst case scenario. So this is why sometimes friends, I say that the mantras are great. Like if you haven't downloaded the 2023 mantra freebie from my website, I would get them because also they're really vibey mantras. I would get that and like print them out and put it on your bathroom um, mirror. That's what I have right now. But mantras are great. Journaling is great. But the problem is, is that if you're just telling yourself this, it's not going to work if you have such an intense level of stress and trauma in your brain and in your body because you don't have the choice from a fucking mantra to control your emotions and your impulses right? You're, you darting to the worst case scenario is a trauma response. So whilst the mantras can help a little bit and they can slowly over a long period of time, definitely make a dent in your mindset. Not, I'm not disapproving. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. It can definitely make a dent. It's not fast. And I like fast things. And I know a lot of you do too. You want instant results. And whilst my results aren't always instant, they are much faster than telling yourself a mantra day in, day out and having to fight against your ego when it's like, no, this is bullshit. No, this is bullshit. It's faster because we are going straight to the root and we are rewiring your brain, your nervous system, which is really important, and your body to release that trauma and to go back into safety. Once that is done, 
absorbing mantras and then those new beliefs becoming a reality becomes very fast and very easy. We make it hard for ourselves when we avoid doing the dirty work and we want to jump to the fluffy fun stuff. So maybe let's say, for example, that you've been trying to manifest for a very long period of time. But what you've been doing is if you is that you know you have a lot of trauma, right? It's very obvious. You are very impulsive, very reactive, very hot-headed. You struggle with anxiety. You maybe have some insomnia. It's showing up in some maybe physical manifestations like period issues or skin issues, et cetera. And you don't want to fucking touch that shit. Like you don't want to go in there because if you go in there, it's going to be ugly. And you maybe have some kind of idea or some gut feeling that it's not going to be pretty. So of course you avoid it. It's easier to avoid it. But then you keep investing in fluffy courses. And I want to preface, like, I'm all about a fluffy course sometimes or a vibey course, right? But those vibey courses and those quote unquote fluffy courses that are more surface level and about just about just the vibes, about just like mantras and journaling, they're not wrong. And I don't, I, there is definitely a place for them. Why I'm like, why I'm bringing these up is because if you are doing them and feeling like manifestation doesn't work for me or this shit sucks, I'm broken, I can't do anything, maybe you need to change your approach. Because if you are resonating with this podcast, but you're trying to do surface level things, but you're shifting a mindset, yet your amygdala is in a constant state of fear, it's not going to work. And you're making it harder for yourself versus you could do a few months of dirty work and then you have all that freedom. So it's like, what would you rather? If you want things quickly, sometimes the quick stuff means you have to go deep to the pain quickly, but then you get the results quickly. So it's painful. It's it's more painful, but you get to the pleasure more quickly, right? It's kind of like my event. I make that first day and a half, like we go fucking deep and it's painful. It's dirty. It's ugly. It's very vulnerable and it's very emotional. But then after those three days, the changes in people's face, the physical change in people's face literally gives you a tangible thing to look at of in three days, I look different. And why I love doing things kind of deep and quickly is, well, I just like that, like personally for me, but why I like it for you guys and for everybody and why I'm passionate about it is because when you when you have a result that quickly, it gives you momentum very quickly to keep going and keep believing. What can happen, especially if you have past trauma, is that you can get very, very demotivated if you're not seeing results quickly and you can very easily go into that victim and it's fair enough based on your past. You go into that victim of this isn't working for me and then you don't keep trying because it's not working, right? So just think about that for a little bit, okay? Think about that of like maybe I actually need to approach this differently and maybe I need to see the dirty work as not dirty in a bad way, but dirty in a sexy way because emotions are fucking sexy. Vulnerability is sexy. Crying in sex is sexy. Like doing all of those emotional, human, dark, dirty, like vulnerable things can be overwhelming and ugly for some people. For me, it's a fucking turn on. So coming back to, we were talking about trauma. So um, neuroimaging studies have actually shown that when people are in a highly emotional state of intense fear, sadness, or anger, there is significantly significantly reduced activity in the medial prefrontal cortex. So what this means is that individuals 
that are experiencing intense feelings during trauma or intense feelings during flashbacks have extra challenges. They find it extra hard in mediating their impulses using their rational brain. So no matter how much something makes sense, right? If you have trauma, if you have flashbacks, if you have intense fear or anger or sadness, you are not as able to move through challenges with your rational mind, with grace, with ease than somebody that has healed their trauma or that doesn't have those flashbacks, doesn't have that trauma. It doesn't mean that you're unlucky. It doesn't mean fuck my parents for giving this to me and doing this to me because you can fix it if you want to. That's completely up to you. But know that by not fixing it, by not going into it, you very well could be limiting yourself from your incredible life that's waiting for you. And maybe you already have an incredible life. Maybe you're like, I'm happy with my life. That's great. But do you want to be better? Because like, I'm really happy with my life. I love my life. I'm so happy with it. I'm so content with it. Like if this, if someone said to me, this is what you're going to have for the rest of your life, I'd be like, all right, I'm okay with this. And I would like more. You are allowed to be okay with everything that you have and happy with your current life and still desire more. Don't limit yourself. Don't stop yourself because you think I'm fine with all of this. Allow yourself to be ambitious. Allow yourself to desire more, whether it's more happiness, more health, more love, more adventure, more money, more success, more opportunities. Allow yourself to actually receive more in your life. So even if you have an incredible career and you're like, I'm fine, but you're aware that you have a lot of trauma, you could be holding yourself back from your career, even though you don't know because you've already, already killing it. You could be holding yourself back from your career because of these things. So just think about that, right? All right. So jumping to the hippocampus. So the hippocampus plays a very important role in learning and in memory. So your hippocampus works with your amygdala. And basically these two parts determine whether the incoming information is important for survival. So what it does is that it compares, this is really important, it compares the incoming information from the outside world to past experiences listen to that. So it, it compares the incoming information from the outside world to past experiences. So some studies have actually shown that the hippocampus is actually smaller in children who have experienced abuse or neglect. This obviously then leads to them biologically having a reduced ability to learn and recall past experiences because their hippocampus is smaller. And remember the hippocampus, it is important for learning and memory, right? So we don't, we want to make sure that our hippocampus is thriving because if your hippocampus, right, is comparing incoming information with past experiences that you haven't healed, it's probably going to be blocking you from learning, from growing, from evolving, etc. If it thinks the incoming information is important for survival and you go into a survival response because of your past experience that haven't, that haven't been healed and that get triggered, what is that meaning for you and for your future, right? Now, I really do not want you guys thinking I'm fucked, blah, blah, blah. This is, I'm broken. I like, that's it. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm over. 
I'm saying this because we know that we know from neuroplasticity that we can change the brain, right? And this is also why it's so important if you can to do this work and to get your partner before you have kids, before you have kids so that you do not keep repeating history. Now, if you've already had kids and you're like, shit, I've already had kids and I haven't done this, that's okay. Because you still have the opportunity with your children to reprogram them, right? Because our brain has that neuroplasticity and it has a lot more of it when you're younger, even if your child is five years old or 10 years old and you want to heal you know, your, your trauma around money or your trauma around intimacy or whatever it is, great. Because even if when that child is 11 and 12 and all the way up to 18, they see something different in your relationship, that is going to stick for them. That is going to help them. You are not, you're not going to be not benefiting your kid by not doing the work. Okay. Now let's just also remember that trauma can be anything of the following. It does not matter that it does not matter if you didn't have some huge, massive trauma. Trauma can also be small things, right? So trauma can be your mom and dad saying no. It can be rape. It can be dad coming and going. It can be feeling unwanted or unloved, like in your perception of that, right? So you can be perceiving that you are unloved and um, unwanted, even if that's not actually the case. Bullying, domestic abuse, war, obviously, parents fighting right? You, you receiving conditional love, not unconditional love. Your, your mom telling, you, no, you can't eat that, or you need to be, you, you need to be losing weight or whatever it is. The list can go on. Trauma can be anything that made you feel unsafe. So if we look at the fight or flight response, if you look at animals in the wild, after a triggering event takes place in the body or the brain, it will return, like the animal will return to a place of health. If the energy from that activation of trauma is fully discharged via shaking them, shaking their bodies, right? So if you've ever seen your dog shaking, it's shaking out its trauma. It's shaking out its fear until it's calm. The ideal scenario is that we do that as humans too, but we often block these normal trauma responses and we lock it in our body, right? Let's say, for example, after a car accident, you are shaking. You block it in your body. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) excuse me. Let's say for something, example, excuse me, that sneeze. Um, Let's say a car accident, for example, you're shaking in the car. People run over to you and hug you and calm you down. You've locked that trauma in your body. It doesn't mean that you need to not hug people when they're going through a traumatic situation or when they're shaking because we have empathy as humans. We want to console each other. It means this is important information to know so that after the incident has occurred, you can then heal it and release that trauma, right? Okay. So if we were to look at the freeze response, now the freeze response is really common for women and like the disassociation, the detachment. So when the hyperactivity or when your body goes into fight or flight and it becomes too overwhelming and your nervous system senses that you may not survive, the freeze response kicks in and the freeze response slows everything down into hypoactivation or like disassociation, numbing out. You've probably felt before. So the freeze response is really common amongst women because when prey freezes, it can survive because a predator might assume you're already dead, right? So if a saber-toothed tiger sees you on the floor frozen, they're going to be like, oh, you're already dead. Actually, no, that's still you, but you know what I mean, (laughs) right? So, you know, so if you are in a traumatic situation and you freeze, one, you don't also feel the pain 
of it, which is really important. So even if that saber-toothed tiger came up and did attack you, you wouldn't feel the pain because you numbed out and dissociated. So for a lot of women that have been raped, they will numb out and disassociate because they know that they can't fight back. They know they're not strong enough to fight back. So they're going to disassociate and freeze and numb out. So they don't have to feel the extent of the pain. There's also another kind of second component of the trauma response, which is the tendon befriend um, that often happens amongst women. The tendon befriend, the tend, sorry, the tend and befriend means that, you know, if I do something to make you like me, you may not kill me. So that can also happen as a trauma response, but less of that fight or flight. Like if a saber-toothed tiger was running towards you in the wild, you wouldn't be like, oh, let me make friends with a saber-toothed tiger. But if a different tribe was coming towards you and you were to make friends with them, then they might not kill you. So how this how that shows up in modern life is that we will people please so that we aren't put in danger. And we don't necessarily think the danger is to be killed, but we don't want the danger of rejection. There's still that stress response of the fear of rejection. So we go into tend and befriend as the trauma response instead of say fight or flight. We can also have the trauma response to that kind of second response, like I was just saying before I mentioned, where after we have a freeze response or after we have a fight or flight, we then phone up our friends to get tended and befriended by our friends so that we feel safe again. We feel loved, we feel accepted, et cetera, right? So that detached response is basically to allow you to not feel the extent of the pain, to really drop out of your body and have that out-of-body experience with trauma. So that, that shows up a lot for sexual trauma in women. It can show up a lot for any kind of physical violence at home as well. Um, and I'm sure many of you have experienced that feeling of numbing out from a situation. Sometimes you can even just numb out at like a stressful time during work and you just numb out because you don't want to be feeling the pain that you are feeling and you don't know how to get out of the pain. So the way in which you get out of the pain is by numbing out. Now, key thing, emotional numbness or disassociation is a learned behavior. So it's a survival strategy from our early years or from even later in trauma in our life, right? And this numbness is often portrayed as a masculine virtue. It's like a badge of toughness, um, or it can come up as humor, right? It can come up as many different ways. For men, the way that the emotional numbness comes out is that masculine virtue. For women, it can come out in the same way. We wear that masculine armor as some kind of badge of honor, or we wear our strength and the fact that we don't cry as a badge of honor, a badge of toughness. Um, and you know, for some people, what happens is their emotional numbness is they joke. They joke as a way to cope through, or they're overly positive as a way to cope with their trauma and with their emotional numbness, right? So if someone is showing no feelings, if someone is joking all the time about serious things, if they're always having this masculine virtue, this badge of, you know, um, wearing this armor around them, they're always tough, I never cry, etc. Generally speaking, that person is suffering because they can't even, they don't even know most of the time because they're not able to be honest with themselves. And so why this education is really important and why I went to this episode was because for a lot of us, we don't even know. We don't know what we don't know. There's probably some of you that are listening to this episode and being like, holy shit, I had no idea that I was holding this, but because I now have learned this, this makes sense. Like this is actually what's happening. So for some men, some women, 
they don't even know they're in pain because they've lived for it for so long and they've normalized it. So many of us normalize our pain. We normalize our suffering. We normalize all of those things that we really don't need to be normalizing. So if you have listened to this episode and you feel like, holy shit, this is me, hit the nail on my head, on the head. Number one, get on my email list. I'm sure I'm saying this to you and I've been saying it on Instagram because as we, as I am really getting proactive about knowing that in three years time that we want to have a family and I want to be pregnant or a mom by then, um, or both, you never know what's going to happen, right? Um, I want to know that I don't need to be on Instagram all the time because that just isn't doable. I'm setting myself up for success. I'm really embodying that feminine CEO and that feminine leadership. So if you love the podcast episodes, if you love my Instagram, if you love kind of getting those behind the scenes, they won't go MIA. I promise they will not stop when I start to take a step back from being so on all the time. And it won't be an obvious step back. It's going to be gradual because I don't want you guys to feel like there's been something that's changed in a bad way because everything is changing in a good way. It's really important. I just don't want any of you guys to miss out on it because the emails are only getting better. I know plenty of you have DM me being like, I fucking love your emails. So make sure that you're on the email list where you've replied to them being like, I'm loving your emails and your updates. I'm trying to put a lot more of those life updates, the behind the scenes things, those stuff that you would see on my Instagram stories. I'm trying to put that in emails. And the reason why I'm trying to put that in emails is so that you guys get used to opening your emails and also for you to get off your phone. By me being off my phone and me being off Instagram in the next couple of years. So I'm not like on this, I'm not on it at the same level. It's also an invitation for you to be off Instagram so much. And so just as you know, it's helpful for me, but it's also really helpful for you guys. And we know that the blue light and the scrolling and the dopamine hits of the likes is not good for our nervous system. And it's not good for our health and our stress response. So it's also kind of really in line with the business that we all shouldn't be on Instagram too much. I encourage you guys to instead sit down with a cup of tea and read one of my emails and be present, read the theme from start to finish. I know our attention span is short as fuck these days, but can you even make it a practice to read my emails from start to finish as a way to start to strengthen your ability to focus for longer? Because our inability to focus as well in our short attention span is also a result of it's a response. It's a reaction to this over this, sorry, this um, overstimulation and this overwhelm that we are experiencing. And so with doing all this trauma work, with creating your dream life, an element of simplicity and being really present will dramatically help your ability to focus on what is going to actually get you those next results, focus on the steps that you need to take, et cetera. So please make sure you're on my email list. If you're not already, there's a link below. You can also just download any of my freebies and then you'll also get on my email list so that you guys can keep getting the updates, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and please do not forget that the Australia event is in May. The payment plan option is going to be finishing at the end of Feb. So if you know that you want to come, this is your reminder. You will regret not coming. And I am not doing another Australia event. I mean, let's look at the timeline friends, right? We've got Australia event this year. Next year, we're getting married the year after we want to start having kids. I'm sorry. Like when is another Australia trip going to happen with fucking 
toddlers, like, no, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't put myself through that flight um, and that that time difference. So if you are in Australia, if you're in Bali, if you're in New Zealand, if you're in Indonesia, if you're anywhere around, even if you're in LA, come to the Australia event. I don't think I'll be doing an LA event. I don't love LA. Um, so yeah, it's more likely that we're going to keep doing kind of East Coast events, hopefully a Europe one. Don't know. Um, but if you can come to Australia, make it a trip and do um, and come to the immersion. If you can't, Queen Alchemy is open for you to join as well. All the details for that are below. Click the website link and then you can read all about it. So just to quickly wrap up on how trauma affects your manifestation process. If your body is numb, if your body is in a stress response, if your body is not in alignment, you cannot feel things. And in order for you to manifest, you have to be able to feel your manifestations before they happen. You have to be able to feel in your visualizations. You have to be able to get excited. You have to be able to hold that energy. You will not be able to hold the energy if you are in a constant state of trauma and if you are in a constant state of stress or disassociation, etc. Additionally, if you have trauma that is making you feel like you are unworthy, that you are you know, um, that something bad is going to happen if you manifest more money, that you're going to be rejected for X, Y, and Z, insert your belief, right? Insert your fears, insert your worries, insert the things that are holding you back. If you continue to have those things, have those beliefs, have that energy, have that trauma in your body, your nervous system does not have the capacity to hold more and you are repelling what you want. Let's say, for example, just really quick, you want to manifest like your dream job, right? But you at the same time don't feel worthy of success. Why would you manifest her dream job? You wouldn't. You, 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 you would actually subconsciously be rejecting it because you don't feel safe to have your dream job. You do not feel safe to have your dream job. So when you heal that component of it, manifestation becomes easy because you just get to deal with the fun stuff. You get to work on the fun stuff of manifestation because any beliefs that are blocking your manifestations are gone. Any fears that are blocking your manifestations are gone. Or if there's fears of that newness, like stepping outside your comfort zone, you feel safe to be able to hold that because your nervous system is regulated again. Your nervous system is recalibrated and you're not in a constant trauma response. Okay. So I'm going to leave the episode there. I hope that you all loved this episode. If you haven't left a review, please make sure that you do so and send us a screenshot so you can get the meditation. And please, please, please share the podcast and tag me, Monarchy Yates Health. And you can also tag Feminine as Fuck um, on your Instagram story so that I can repost it. I really appreciate when you guys share the story, share the um, episode, send it to your friends, etc. because the more people that listen to this, the more people can have their lives changed, which means that you get to have better friendships, better relationships, better bosses, better family members, etc. Everybody wins when you share the episode.